Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't you join us in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to share with you here today, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you shall speak to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. There are many, many, many prayer requests that are out there, Lord God. There are many people that are struggling and don't know which way to go, O Lord God. And I pray, O Lord God, that today they shall hear your voice, O Lord God. They shall yield to the call of your voice, O Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus to bless them all. Bless them, O Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1. And uh, again, I say Pastor Mike here. And right at the outset, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you go and grab your Bible and uh, maybe a pencil, a pen, a highlighter, a piece of paper to take some notes on and and uh, really get involved as we go through the Word of God here. It's so important that we uh, you know reference the, the Word of God and mark up the Bible like we do in, in school when you're there. Because this way, as we go through life and things come up and you reread the Bible, Holy Spirit, Spirit will direct you to some words that you may have previously uh, highlighted, okay? And uh, this is how we learn. This is how we really gain and meditate on the, the Word of God. Amen. So go get your Bible and come back and join us, all right? Amen. All right, well, I want to start by asking a couple of questions uh, of you today. And uh, one of them is, of course, do you have an open prayer that is out there? Do you have a prayer request into the Lord, something that you're hoping for and praying for? And uh, is there something that you're kind of wrestling with? Okay, and you're not quite sure where to go. Do you dare, I say that to you, do you dare to imagine that what God said he will do for you is true and real and can actually come to pass in your life? Do you believe that? Should we, I ask you, as Christians, should we use our imaginations? Should we dream of our prayers being answered? Let me ask that again. Should I dream of a prayer being answered? And ask yourself that, should I dream of a prayer being answered? Do we as Christians, should we be doing that? Well, let's go right to the word of God. Let's go to Joel 2, uh, verse 28. Joel 2. Praise the living God. Joel 2, and start with verse I'm so sorry there. Uh, Joel 2, yes, Joel 2, verse 28. I've got so many scriptures written here in front of me sometimes. My eye jumps down a line or two. But starting with verse number 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Okay? So the main one I want to look at here is 28, where it says, It shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. So here it's talking about dreams. So God is telling us that he, we will indeed have dreams. But are you bold enough to dream? Let me ask you that. Are you bold enough to dream? It is one thing to dream, but it is an entirely different thing to see your dream become a reality. Children, you know, have a way of dreaming big. And even in their daydreaming, they can create a world where they can be anyone that they want to be. Children can have the wildest imaginations. Their imaginations can take them into a world filled with joy or to a world where they are in charge and they feel safe. Remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see hope for our future. But dreams also become fuel 
to keep going forward when we don't see anything happening or even when things seem to be working against that dream. God will remind us through a dream, this is the path, this is what you're going on. Keep heart, do not be discouraged. The enemy will plant dream killers. I call them dream killers. The enemy will plant dream killers many times in the form of people or circumstances that you're involved in along the way to discourage you and to keep you thinking that, oh, well, it's time for you to just give up. Things will come up. People will come your way to say, oh, why do you keep dreaming? Why do you keep hoping for that? It's not going to work out. These are dream killers. But we can't blame people or circumstances. Sometimes people have no idea that they are being used to keep you back. They don't realize it. So just say a prayer for them and leave it in the hands of God and simply move on. People don't realize sometimes that they're they're throwing cold water on a dream that you have, an aspiration, something that you're hoping for. We need to just give it to God, pray for them and give it to the Lord. We need to stay focused on what God has shown us because that dream will take you to many difficult times. You can have a dream, but it may take you through many difficult times. So today we're going to look at Joseph. Remember Joseph in the Bible? Joseph, you know, the the, the, the one that had the uh, coat of many colors. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in a dream. But God didn't really at that point tell Joseph much about his journey to the final outcome. So let's go to Genesis 37 verse 1. Genesis 37 37, and verse number one. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age, and he had made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So here we see the hatred and the jealousy and things right off the bat here between brothers. And Joseph dreamed a dream. Underline that, please. Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves, your sheaves, your sheaves stood round about and made obedience to my sheaf. In other words, your sheaves bowed down to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it it, it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obedience to me, bowed down to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his uh, his brothers envied him, but his father observed the same. So his father kind of pondered on what was being said there. All right. So he had this dream. God had given this dream. And by telling the brothers, you know, I guess he thought, 
you know, they'd be happy for him. And, it, and it, it, it angered them. They said, how dare you? I mean, don't forget that he was 17. He was the youngest. So he said, how dare you think that we are ever going to be to a point that we are bowing down to you? I'm sure that many of you are familiar with Joseph. He was one of the sons of Jacob and, had, and God had a special call on his life. Joseph's father loved him and favored him by giving him that coat of many colors we just read about. Now, of course, he made his brothers very jealous and angry to the extent that they actually grew to hate him. God spoke to Joseph in this dream, showing him the plans for the future. Joseph was a bit naive in thinking that his brothers loved him, and he shared his dream with them, which only angered them, with them, which only angered them. Now, in today's world, in today's world, we still have instances of jealousy, resentment, and anger among family members, friends, peers, and coworkers. It's a fact of reality. We can love our family very much. We can love our friends very much and really care deeply about our acquaintances and our coworkers. But the fact remains that there are instances of jealousy, resentment, and anger. It's a fact of life. The enemy thrives on bringing distractions like jealousy and hatred to push the believer to give up on that God dream. You have a God-given dream. The enemy does not want you to achieve that dream. And so he'll let someone bring, bring a jealousy and, and division to just push you to give up on that God-given dream. It is very important, I say to you, saints of God, it's very important for us to be mindful of who we are sharing our dreams with because not everyone, not everyone out there will be willing to celebrate with us. So you have a God dream, the dream that God has given you, or something that you're dreaming for and you're hoping God will come in and assist you and, and get you to that point. And God gives you some feedback via a dream or an aspiration, don't be so quick to run off and share it because not everyone has our best interests in, in heart. God had a great plan, as we'll see here, for Joseph's life, and God reiterated his plan by giving him this, the recurring dream that one day his family would bow down to him. Now, let me just say that if you keep having a dream or a vision that seems to be similar every time, it may be a sign that God is showing you plans for the future, Okay. If you have a recurring dream or dreams that are very similar in nature, then it's time for you to sit down with God and say, Lord, are you telling me something through this dream? This is what I've been dreaming. Are you trying to talk to me? Are you trying to speak to me? We need to be, we need to be very, very mindful of, of, what, of what, we, we're, what we are experiencing during our sleeping hours. Joseph again shared his dream with his brothers and his father and furthered angered him. Little did Joseph know the fate that would befall him due to the jealousy of these dream killers, quote unquote. And remember that God gives us dreams in order that we may know and see and have some hope for our future. Okay. Dreams play a very important part in that regard. Dreams also become fuel to keep us going forward when we don't see anything happening or even when things seem to be working against that dream. God will bolster us by giving us a dream to remind us that yes, things are indeed happening. Things are moving forward. God showed Joseph the final outcome of his life in his dream, but God didn't really tell Joseph much about his journey to the final outcome. God may give you a dream that shows you the final outcome, but not a whole lot about just what's going to happen along that course to get you to that outcome. All right? But we have to, we can't give up. We can't, cannot give up. And again, I say to you, the enemy will plant dream colors in your path, which could be in the form of people along the way to encourage you to give up. Again, but do not blame the people. Just pray for them and put them in the hands of God. 
We have to stay focused on what God has shown you because that dream will take you through many difficult times. Right? You may be dreaming about a position up there. You may have had a, had a dream about a promotion and you don't quite know how you're going to get there. Maybe you feel you don't have the education or the ability or whatever you know it, it takes to, to get that position and, and you don't know how you're going to get there and whatnot. But if God has given you this dream, you have this aspiration deep within your spirit and you know that is someplace God wants you to be, then don't you worry about it because as difficult times come, come God will navigate and take you through those difficult times. We go to Genesis 37 verse 16. Genesis 37, verse number 16. Uh, verse 16, okay. And he said, I seek my brethren, tell me where they feed their flocks. Now he's looking for his brothers, okay. And where, uh, where they feed their flocks, verse 17. And the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. Here we go now, okay? They conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Okay, see, they haven't forgotten. They're hanging on to that. Now they're, they're kind of mocking him. This is sarcasm here. That dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast has devoured him and we will see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it. He delivered him out of their hands and said, let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness and lay no hand upon him that he might, uh, he might rid him of out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Now, isn't there something for brothers to be conspiring against another brother? And first they said, let's kill him. The other one said, no, let's not kill him. Okay. But instead they decided to, to grab him, take that nice coat, you know, that coat of many colors that the father had given him. And they threw him into this pit. Verse 25, and they sat down to eat bread, threw him in a pit, then they could, they could easily sit down and eat now after that, and sat down and, um, and they sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, what profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So they decide not to kill him, but they're going to sell him, sell him off as a slave. Because after all, he is our brother. Gee whiz, I pray I would never have that kind of feelings towards my brother or anyone that's in my family for that matter or any other human being. They were content to just sell him off. Verse 28 says, then there passed by Midianite merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. Okay, underline that because that's important. This is how he gets to Egypt. Brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben turned into the pit, returned unto the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit. And he rent his clothes. In other words, he was upset. And he returned unto his brethren and said, 
The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, this have we found. Know now whether it be the son's coat or no. Now, isn't that some trickery? Isn't that some deception? Took the boy's coat, put some lamb's blood on it, and then goes and tells the father pretending like he was killed. Here's the bloody, here's the bloody garment. That's all that's left of him. Verse 33, and he knew it and said, it is my son's coat and an evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in peace. In other words, in other words, he's saying that Joseph undoubtedly is torn in two, is torn in many pieces. Jacob rent his clothes, put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Now, all this hatred was spawned because of the fact Joseph shared a dream with him, with them. This hatred just bubbled up. They could not stand the fact, the thought of them even bowing down to him. So these dream killers really, really took it to the, to the max. They decided to not just discourage him. They said, we're going to kill him. And then they said, okay, well, we won't kill him, but let's just sell him off. That's all. And then go back and they lied to their dad, saying that he was undoubtedly killed. When we get hold of a God dream, we literally become a moving target for the enemy. Because the God dream is not one that only prospers us, but often makes a way for others to be blessed. There is no way the enemy wants the God dreamer to make it to the end. And so in an effort to abort our dreams, he will set up obstacles and hindrances to keep us from seeing it become a reality. God, God dreamers, us, you and I. Okay, the enemy wants us to be stifled. He does not want us to realize and to come and come to, to um, pass in our lives what God has for us. Joseph had the end result from God that he would be a great leader and his family would one day bow down to him. As the journey to the fulfillment of his dream begins, it is not without major obstacles. Joseph had a major obstacle put before him in the form of his brothers and being thrown into the pit and into captivity. In, Gen in uh, Genesis 39, I won't go there right now, but in Genesis 39, you can go and you can read around when he gets into Egypt there. And uh, uh, he's in the house of, of Potiphar and Potiphar's wife decides to, uh, to, to come after him. And uh, he refuses her, you know, he refuses her, 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 her um, amorous, you know, approaches and so on. And he refuses her. And then she goes and lies about it, you know, and to make a long story shorter and lies about it and tells her husband that that he attacked her. Because when she grabbed Joseph, Joseph ran away out of his clutches, out of her uh, out of her clutches. And he left his coat behind because she had a hold of his coat and showed and said, hey, look, see, you know, Joseph tried to attack me. And he was thrown into prison and so on. Okay, so again, you know, Joseph was imprisoned, but God was still with him. And he prospered even while he was in prison, even while he was in prison, because he interpreted some dreams and so on there. So what I'm saying here is that during the time, during the point of you uh, uh, going through your, your, your realization of your God dream, of your God-given dream, the enemy will send attacks, will send things your way to try to stymie you and prevent you you know, from achieving that, that dream, that goal. But during that time, even God will protect you and God will watch out for you because God's idea here, God's plan is to bring you to the end point. 
And even if you struggle getting to that end point, God will still, God will still watch out for you. He will be there to prosper you. We go to Genesis 41, 25. Forty-one, twenty-five. Okay, and here, here Pharaoh had a dream, and he was asking. Uh, he had sent for the magicians to interpret his dream and so forth, and of course the magicians couldn't do it, and so he called upon Joseph, and it says here in verse number twenty-five, uh, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh. The dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. Okay, in other words, he was dreaming of, of, of uh, skinny cows and fat cows and much corn and little corn and so forth. So, so Joseph is telling him the interpretation of this dream. There come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following for it shall be very grievous, very grievous. And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. Okay. So he's telling Pharaoh here, beware, there's going to be a time of plenty, but then there's going to be a time of famine. This is what God is showing you Pharaoh through this dream. Okay, God speaks to us through dreams and it is up to us to to be able to realize what those dreams are. And we can only do that by consulting him. God's hand was on Joseph because now Joseph had the ability to interpret the dream. And of course, this is Pharaoh. This is Pharaoh that he's doing this interpretation for. Verse 33 says, now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. Okay, so when there's a whole lot now now to collect, to collect the food and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. So he's giving Pharaoh some advice here. Now, you, you have knowledge of the fact that there's going to be years of plenty and there's going to be years of famine. So while you're in the years of, 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 of plenty, to, to take this food and store it up, to store it up. And then it says in verse 36, and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this man, a man whom the spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Right? He's seeing here now that if Joseph was able to interpret his uh, dream 
and also give him this strategy of storing up food when there's times of plenty in preparation for the time of famine. And he's looking for someone who would be so wise to do that. He's saying, well, gee whiz, the person to do this is you. He's standing right here in front of me. Okay. There is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house. Okay. Now he's giving him a big promotion here. Now thou shalt be over my house. And according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. So he's making him basically number two in, in command here. Okay. Okay. I, I will still be king. and There will be none other as high as you. Okay. None other. All right. All right. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee and made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zephanapaniah. And he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Okay, now, what do we see happening here? Joseph had this dream. God gave him this dream that 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 he he was going to be uh, um, up over above his brethren, and they would eventually be bowing down to him. They sold him into slavery. They thought they were getting rid of him. God used all of that, and and he went down into Egypt. And God and and God guided Joseph to have first of all interpretation of dreams, and he caught the attention of Pharaoh. And because of that, fair and his his wisdom and how to deal with the oncoming famine and so forth. That Pharaoh said, gee whiz, yes, there's none like you, so, so much wisdom. I'm going to make you number two in charge. If God has given you a dream and you're on the way to realizing that dream, even though you may come into some difficulty, you've got to trust that God is there because God will bring you through. God will bring you through. And in the long run, he, God will get you to exactly where he wants you to be. And do not be surprised that during the process of you realizing what this dream is, the, the coming of, uh, to fruition of this dream, that during those difficult times, you will see, you'll see miraculous things happen that will, will continue to guide you, that will continue to support you, will continue to nourish you, so to speak, until you get to the point, at the end point of what this dream is. Maybe you're praying for a really big promotion. Maybe you're praying for a house that really seems to be impossible for you right now. God will get you there. If any dream killers come along the way, God will take those circumstances and use them to your advantage where you will still wind up on top along the way. This is how God wants. This is how God works. Okay. So, so I say to you, do, do, you know, do you dare to dream? Do you dare to dream and keep that dream going and alive deep within your spirit? Okay. You see, you see, you see what's happening to Joseph here. The thing that started out to be a bad thing. Now God is bringing him. God is bringing him. God is bringing him through. Chapters 42 to uh, 44 in, in, in Genesis here, we see that the famine indeed does cover the land, but Egypt had food, okay, because of Pharaoh following what Joseph had, had uh, suggested that he do, storing up food during times of plenty. The rest of the land around didn't have any food, but Egypt did, and because of, you know, all because of Joseph interpreting uh, Pharaoh's dream. So therefore, Joseph's brothers, because they lived outside of Egypt, they traveled to Egypt because they did not have any food. We see that if you read in those chapters there, you see that, that Joseph gives them food, he gives them supplies, and he gives them money. And then in Genesis 43, 28, surely enough, they wound up bowing down to him. Okay? As a matter of fact, let's just go there real quick. 43, 
Genesis 43, 28. Okay. Uh, says, and they answered, thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. Okay. Bowed down their heads and made obeisance. All right. So you see, just as he saw in his dream. Okay. And this is because of the fact that Joseph had given them all of this stuff or, you know, food and supplies and everything. And at this particular point, they did not know that Joseph was their, um, their, their brother. Okay, and if you read in those chapters, you'll see some really, really interesting things that that happened there. You know, Joseph had some money uh, uh, put into their uh, to their saddlebags, so to speak. You know, on the animals they were rising on, and when they were traveling to open up their bags, and they saw all this food, and they saw some money in there, and Joseph put his silver cup in one of them. So he was dropping little hints along there, and they were just amazed that this person, Joseph, and again, they did not know that he was their brother. Okay, but but because of the greatness, the good things that he had done, they wound wound up bowing down to him, bowing down to him because of the mighty things that they did, that Joseph did in their lives. Okay, and now you see that if we go to Genesis 40, uh, 45, Genesis 45, Genesis 45, verse 1, okay. This is when now, now they're, 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 finally, they're finally getting together. They're get, getting together there. And it says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from him. In other words, please leave my presence. There stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. Now he's revealing himself to his brethren. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Does my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were troubled at his presence. They were upset now. They realized, oh, gee whiz, this is Joseph. Joseph said unto his brethren, come near unto me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph realized why God had sent him basically because of everything that had happened. He could see that. And now he was able to save the lives of his brothers who otherwise would have, would have been starving. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me, for God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall be neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. You see, so if they hadn't sold him, he wouldn't have wound up in Egypt. And therefore, he would not have been able to, to do what he did uh, before Pharaoh. Pharaoh would have not have promoted him up. And, and Joseph would have not been in the position to, uh, to you know, have food stored up and thereby saving them. Because now there was plenty in Egypt. Okay, and he's warning them that there's more, that there's more famine to come. There are more years of hard times to come. Okay, but he didn't, he's telling them, you don't know what you did. Okay, don't blame yourself, but God, God was in charge here. And I'm saying to you today that God is in charge in your life too. Regardless of what dream killers may be in there trying to discourage you, God is in charge of your life. And he's going to bring you to where he's going to bring you in his time, in his due season. And it's going to be for your benefit and perhaps many others around you, too. Verse number eight. So now it was uh, it was not you that sent me hither, but God. 
Underline that, please. It was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. You see, this is where we see that things that happen in our lives, if we realize it, God is in control. He's telling you, he's telling them, even though you physically threw me in that pit, even you orchestrated me being kidnapped and taken into Egypt. It was not you, it was God. God was behind all of this. God let these things happen because God knew what was in store. God knew what his plan was all about for Joseph's life. And again, I repeat to you, I'm saying to you today, do not be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. That what is going on, God is permitting to happen in your life. He's, he is always in control. He may be permitting things happening in your life that may at the time seem unpleasant to you. It may seem unpleasant to you at the time, at this moment, but God is permitting whatever you're going through to happen, but he is very much in charge. And if you just hold on, just hold on, just hold on, you will see that you shall get through this and God shall promote you up. He will get you to wherever he wants you to be. Do not lose sight of that God dream that you may have. Do not lose sight, okay? So he said, I'm gonna say again, verse number eight. So now it was not you that sent me, but God. It wasn't you that sent me, but God. And he has made me father to Pharaoh and lord over all this house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say unto him, thus saith thy son Joseph, God, uh, God hath made me lord over of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children and thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine to come, unless you and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin, that it is my mouth that has spoken this to you. All right. So he's telling him again here, he's saying, come. Okay, God let him, God let him be sold into slavery. God let him go down into Egypt. God brought him up and promoted him up to be in charge, number two man in all of Egypt there. And now he's going back and because of this, he's in a position to save his family. So he's telling now, Father, bring everyone, your wives, your flock and everything, come into Goshen because there shall be plenty. If you don't, you'll wind up perishing because there are really hard times coming, you see? So, so we never know, we never know how wide um, how wide of an impact our God dream might have on others. You really don't know, okay? You really don't know. God will cause things or permit things to happen in your life and you do not know how far reaching if you are obedient to God and simply do what he's telling you to do and let him, and, and, and let him place his spirit in you and you go by what Holy Spirit tells you to do, what Holy Spirit guides you to do. You just simply do that. You don't have the faintest idea how far reaching that may be in your life. All right. It could be your, your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, your, your, your extended family. I mean, you just don't know because God knows the future. God knows your future. God knows everyone's future. So we have to make sure we're being obedient to what God is telling us to do. And do not, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not say, this is too hard for me. This is not going the way I intended it to go. This is not the way I dreamed it to go. All right, God may give you the outcome of this dream. He may say that you're going to have that high, high level position. You're going to have that beautiful house. You're going to move to this other wonderful location. You're going to do this. But he may not tell you what's involved in getting there. That's why we just have to trust God and, and let God guide us. Okay. And then he says there, um, Verse number 12 again, and behold, your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Je uh, Benjamin, that it is my mouth that speaks this unto you. 
and you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall haste and bring down my father hither. And he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept, wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren and wept upon them. And after that, his brethren talked with him. Now, you see, this is such a, such a tremendous point here. He didn't have hatred and animosity for what his brothers did to him. See, when, he, when the Bible talks about it, fell on his neck and kissed him. In other words, that they embraced and they cried together and so forth. He had forgiveness in his heart. Okay? How many of us as Christians even can forgive people that have wronged us? And this is a good lesson in, in forgiveness, which Jesus talks so much about. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You can't go holding these things in your heart. You know, Joseph could have very easily said, yeah, because of you, you, you know, you threw into this pit and you told my father that I was dead, etc. And now I'm the number two man in all of Egypt. You know, you, you rot. You go off and starve. I'll get my revenge on you now. Just send daddy, you know, but the rest of you, you know. But he, he fell on his neck and they embraced and they kissed. All right? And he said, do not blame yourselves. God was the one that sent me here. So we need to make sure that in our heart of hearts that um, if we run into struggles and we run into some, some dream killers in the form of people, in the form of relatives, that when God brings us to the place that he wants us to be, and if we are in a position to bless them, we have to go back and we bless them. We have to go back and bless them. You can't be holding you know, uh, hatred and anger and animosity towards someone that even was a dream killer or tried to be a dream killer because God will get you to where he wants you to be and may even put you in a position to bless them. And you have to do that. You have to do that as Joseph has, has done here. Verse number 16 says, And the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come. And it pleased Pharaoh well and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, This do you. Lay your beasts and go. Get you, get you unto the land of Canaan. And take your father and your household and come unto me. And I will give you the good of the land of Egypt and you shall eat of the fat of the land. Now thou art commanded, this do you, take you wagons out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives, and bring your father and come. Also regard not your stuff, for the good of all the land is of, of Egypt is yours. And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh, and gave them provision for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. So when he went back and told Pharaoh what the plan was, he says, I'm going to have my family come here. Pharaoh said, you do that. By all means, you bring them and tell them that I will give them whatever they need. I will give them the fat of the land. Do not worry about a thing. You, you see what a blessing this turned out to be? You see what a blessing this was? Yeah. They threw him in that pit and they thought they were going to, their envy and their jealousies had them to try to almost murder, threw him in the pit and so on. And because of that, God turned around now and is blessing them tremendously. We're here, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt here, Pharaoh is saying, bring your family here, bring your family here. And Egypt, we will, I will embrace them and whatever you need is yours. Okay. This is what a God dream does to you in your life. This is how God will bless you tremendously. If you simply do not give up, just hold on. You know, I dare you to dream. I dare you to dream. Take that dream that you have and, and, and let God just manage it and handle it and watch where it takes you. You'll be surprised to see how things will, will, will just shape up. Like I said, there may be some adversity along the way, but God will bring you through that too. 
Joseph was thrown into prison. God promoted him while he was in prison and so forth. And it's very interesting to read those chapters there, 42 to 44. And, and God just promoted him while he was in prison and brought him up. And, and God just, just embraced him and just carried him along. God is wanting to do the same thing in your life too. You know, I dare you to dream. I dare you to dream. I dare you to dream. The enemy of our soul, he knows that God will write his plans in our imagination. So he works tirelessly to ensure that we stop dreaming and believing God for a good future. God created us with an imagination so that he can give us the blueprint for our lives. Okay? And the extent of that blue trip, blueprint, the, uh, the depth of that blueprint is entirely up to God. You may not see every single page that's there in that blueprint. You may not see every single nuance, but just rest assured that if this is God's dream for you, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come into fruition. But the devil, as I said, he does not want us to realize what those dreams are. The devil will bring pressures. He'll bring disappointments and even potential failures to deter you, to stop you from the beautiful future that God has planned for you. God has prepared you for great and wonderful things. You have to keep telling yourself that. God has prepared me for great and wonderful things. You see here now, we're going to go to New Testament here. And if we go to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, verse number 3. Ephesians 1, verse number 3. You see here it is written, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Please underline all. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings. It doesn't mean some. It means all. Every spiritual blessing that is out there you've been blessed with it does not mean some. It doesn't mean this one or that one or just this one or maybe not that one, this one. It says all. So we have to remember that, that God has given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Believe that, saint. Believe it. God has chosen you. And when it says before the foundation of the world, it means that before you were even born, before you even thought of, before your parents knew each other and so forth, God had a plan for your life and he's chosen you. You see, God chooses us, but it's up to us to respond. God chooses us, but it's up to us to respond. God has a calling on your life, and it's up to you to respond. You may have wound up at this website here listening to this message because of the fact that God called you to do so. And thank God you responded. And if you responded, maybe there's something else that through this message God is trying to tell you. Maybe there's something else in this message that God is trying to show you. Maybe there's something that you are holding on to or there's still some doubt that you're harboring in your heart of hearts and God is trying to speak to you. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. If you do not yet know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God is calling you through this message and now is the time for you to give yourself to the Lord because you were chosen before the foundations of the earth. But many, many times, many, many times there are many people that choose to, to ignore the fact that God chose them to do something and they wind up going in their own direction. They wind up going the way that the devil wants them to go. They wind up listening to people who are whispering in their ears. They wind up giving in to all sorts of, of temptations and, and, and not letting their lives come to the fullness that God wants them to have. But you've been chosen. Remember that you've been chosen. According, to he, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
having predestinated us, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us all wisdom and prudence, abounded toward you all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. God's making known to you the mystery of his will. And and what is a mystery? A mystery is something that was previously unknown. God is revealing to you what his will is, if you will listen, if you will reveal and accept his will and stop putting your will before God. God is revealing to you, he's trying to reveal to you what his will is. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You have an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You understand what a powerful scripture that is? In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, which is the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also that after you believed, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay. So after you believed and you came to the Lord Jesus Christ, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. You were sealed. You're a special person. You were sealed. You remember in the old days there, you've seen that uh, um, if, a, uh, if a king was sending a messenger someplace uh, to, you know, to go to another land to bring a message to another king, let's say, for instance, he may, may have given a, uh, a letter, a piece of parchment, and, and, and the king would put his seal it was a signet ring or some sort of a stamp. He would put a seal on that parchment so that wherever that person, that messenger was carrying that letter, if he showed that seal, then the person knew that this was from the king and do not touch him. Let him through, let him through. Well, that seal of the Holy Spirit is on you. It's on you. And it even identifies to the enemy that you're untouchable. doesn't mean that he doesn't try, but, but the devil knows that you are untouchable. And because of the fact that you have that seal, that anything he tries to do, he's, he's messing with forbidden territory. He's, he's, he's illegally trying to get his hands on you and touch you because he doesn't have the right. You have that seal, the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention to you of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Let me read that again. The God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of our glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Okay? 
the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Wow. You see that? You see? Your eyes have been opened, or your eyes should be spiritually opened, so, so that there's an understanding, your understanding may be enlightened. God has a plan for you. God has chosen you from the beginning of the foundations of the world. God has a plan for you. Let your eyes be spiritually open. Let there be Holy Spirit revelation in your heart right now to know that God is there. You are a child of God. There's a Holy Spirit at you. The seal of the Holy Spirit on you so you can get to where God wants you to be. That dream that God has placed in your heart, you will get there and do not worry about anything that comes along the way that seems like it's going to deter or slow down your progress. God will indeed bring you through. Let your, let your eyes be open to that fact. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us with who believe? Do you believe? Do you honestly believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all the things into the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. This is so much for you to be hopeful for and so much to you to be looking forward to and realizing that your God, your, your, your life is just not on free fall. You are not just, just trailing along and traipsing along there, you know, willy nilly. This dream that you have indeed will indeed come to pass. If it's a God dream, it will indeed come to pass. And just emphasis on verse 18 here in slowing down and closing here. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, his calling to you and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance of his inheritance in the saints. The Apostle Paul was very aware of the lies the enemy would try to get into our minds so he specifically prays for the church in Ephesus that the eyes of their heart, their imaginations would be enlightened, that they might know what wonderful things God has in store for them. This is what he's saying to us today. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it hasn't changed, okay, that our eyes may be opened. He prays for the eyes of the imagination to be enlightened because that is where God writes his plans for us. God writes his plans for us in our imaginations, in our heart, okay? It's all right. I told you about how, how, how powerful children can dream, you know? You do not, do not, do not slow down or negate your ability to dream. Let God give you that dream and you hang on to it. You hold on to that because God can and will bring it to pass. You will not be deterred. Satan will try to slow you down, but it will fail. It will fail. Part of the new covenant involves dreams and visions because God wants his children dreaming again and believing him for the impossible. Okay? That's a part of the dream, to believe God for the impossible. You know? When you start dreaming of the impossible and you start thinking, oh, gee, this can't work, this can't, don't listen to the devil. Listen to the devil. You keep that dream and believe that God can do all things, all things uh, th through Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. And God is a God of the impossible. So don't let, don't let those dream killers just pull you down. The world or non-believers are bold enough to go after their dreams, okay? 
the world or non-believers are bold enough to go after their dreams. But however, we, the children of God, many times we just waste away letting fear of failure, disappointments, and obstacles kill our dreams. So I dare you to dream. God wants to write on your heart the plans that he has for you. Why not become like a child again? Dream again and believe again. Let me say that again. He wants to write on our hearts the plans that he has for us. So why not become like a child again? To dream again and believe again. Again, I dream, I dare you to dream. It's never too late. Joel 2 says old men will dream dreams. There are still untapped possibilities within us and new beauty waiting to be born. Only you can make a decision to resurrect those God-given dreams with the help of Holy Spirit and make the future beautiful. So again, I say that I dare you to dream. I dare you to dream. And if you just say this prayer with me, just say this prayer with me. Prayer, Lord, help me today to dream again. Lord, help me today to dream again. Holy Spirit, please remind me of the plans my God has for my future. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Dreams that the devil tries to destroy are like our Red Seas, but God can indeed get you through. He can get you through. If you just trust him, don't let that dream be stifled. Then God led Israel through the wilderness, going to the promised land. God will lead you through any wilderness that might be in your life. You heard me say before that we all have promised lands, all have promised lands. And they can change from, from year to year, month to month, depending on what those things we are hoping for and things we are striving through for. God will get you through them. The same is true for us, as I said. God has a dream for you in the form of your promised land. And remember that before your dream or your promised land becomes reality, God will prepare you and give you the instructions. All right? God will prepare you. So do not be, do not be discouraged. You just keep on hanging on to that dream and know that God will indeed bring you through. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, please pass on the link to where we can be found. It's www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. Uh, we also are on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we have our free apps for Apple and Android devices, and they're both downloadable from the appropriate uh, um, app stores. So download. They're all free of charge. You can download Everything on our sites are free of charge, there for, for you to, to browse through, you listen to, meditate on, save for later. You can download these uh, messages either in video or audio-only form. You can do that. And, and also, if you're uh, in, the Salem, in Salem, Oregon here, and if you're in the, uh, in the area here, why don't you drop by and worship with us? We'd love to have you. Love to have you. Amen. Our, our um, live worship services start on Sundays, of course, uh, at 10.30 a.m., Sundays at 10.30 a.m., and uh, our location is in the Candelaria area of Salem, Oregon. The address is 2651 Commercial Street Southeast, 2651 Commercial Street Southeast, and again here in Salem, Oregon. Drop on by and worship with us, fellowship with us, and, and uh, let us pray for you, pray with you, and just come and let's just enjoy ourselves in the Lord. We would certainly really love to see you. Amen, amen. Praise God. Why don't we just close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. O oh Lord God, just let the dreams keep coming, O oh Lord God. The dreams that we have, O oh Lord God, help us to stay focused on you, O oh Lord God, and be bold and strong enough to go through whatever you, you, you take us through and whatever you 
point in our direction, oh Lord God. Just dream. Let us continue dreaming and have faith and trust in you, Lord God. I don't have fancy words for you, Heavenly Father, in closing, oh Lord God. It's just that we love you, Lord, and we praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name, and, and let us always remember to be dreamers in you, with you at the helm in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord.